our argument has to be structured in such a way that it presents us as very competent professionals. So if you've written an exec summary or you've got a sales presentation, which is to the executive team, the decision makers on the buyer's side, and if it's not structured in a way that makes logical sense from start to finish, it makes us look either slightly incompetent, like does this mean we're not going to be very good at implementing the solution and supporting your customer? But it also makes us look sometimes untrustworthy because we sound like we don't know what we're talking about in our arguments all over the place. Welcome to the Best of Sales Skills podcast. I'm Mark McGuinness. Thanks for listening. Today, we have Edith Cernkovich on. So Edith, you're a well-respected sales enabler, sales coach, sales communication coach, and message strategist. So I'm really looking forward to this chat today because Edith's got some great content on LinkedIn and I'd strongly suggest you go and find her and follow her. Her LinkedIn profile will be in the notes. And Edith's joining me on the show today to talk about the ability and the importance of being able to write well. So Edith, thanks for coming on. Thanks for having me, Mark. I'm really well. I'm really excited to talk about this topic, which I think is a really important topic. Because in my view, a compelling argument is a cohesive argument. So it's all about structure. A compelling argument is a cohesive argument. Mm. Yeah, that, that makes sense. And, I, you know, like as salespeople, we spend a lot of time talking and a lot of time writing. Yeah. But I don't know that we do it very well. And I'm, I'm, my guess is you're going to tell us that we, that we probably don't. So. <laughs> yeah. So one of the problems and the reasons that probably people aren't writing well is they're not taking the time to write well. And so I'll have a lot of the people that I've worked with in the past or even they say to me, I don't have time to be thoughtful about what I'm putting together and I've been doing this for a long time. So what I teach people is I have a template, a framework where in one hour I can actually help you to build a really good structure so that you're on topic, the audience is, finds you very compelling or finds what you've written very compelling, easy to read, and at the same time, it positions you to win them over. Yeah. yeah so I'm looking forward to hearing about all the things that I've done wrong. <laughs> and I was looking at your at, at your background and, and I really was keen to have you on, not only because the content that you've got on LinkedIn really resonates with me. So I'm like, okay, that's that's clever. Clearly, this lady knows what she's talking about. She's, and then when I looked at you, like you've been helping salespeople in the tech space to write bids, to write... I'm guessing, you know, copy all sorts of things. So you're, you're a, you're not. I hope I'm not saying the wrong thing here, but you, know, you appear to me to be very sales focused as opposed to marketing or copyright. Would that that be fair to say? Or yeah, so sales writing is a different animal, in my opinion, to marketing. And the big difference is is you're facing the customer at that point where they're thinking of purchasing something from you, and it's usually quite a big investment. Now, whether that's a current client or whether it's a prospective client, they are now at the sticky end of thinking about they're going to be handing over money. And in the tech space, it's usually a fairly big investment. Even $250,000, if it's a council, is a lot of money. And upwards, I've worked on deals, a few million, 5 million, 10 million, 50 million. Probably the largest deal that I supported where we won the business was 250 million. Okay. So. They are really looking at evidence of your capability 
and evidence of whether or not you'd be a good partner. So they want to have confidence in you that you're going to really be there for them in good times and bad times. It's like a marriage. Okay. So that means when we're writing sales copy, we have to give them a lot of evidence, specific proof points as to why they should choose us. Right. And then our argument has to be structured in such a way that it presents us as very competent professionals. So if you've written an exec summary or you've got a sales presentation, which is to the executive team, the decision makers on the buyer's side, and if it's not structured in a way that makes logical sense from start to finish, it makes us look either slightly incompetent, like does this mean we're not going to be very good at implementing the solution and supporting your customer? But it also makes us look sometimes untrustworthy because we sound like we don't know what we're talking about in our arguments all over the place. Yes, and, and $250 million is a lot of money, but I, you know, this is a skill that goes right across the gambit. Right? Yeah, it doesn't matter, yeah. I mean, I, I teach the same principles to sellers who sell, you know, solutions that are 250000 or 150000 It's the same concept. Yep, yep. So I, got, I, got a, I was thinking about, well, first of all, I've got two two things to share. One of them is a bit of an a bit of an admission, you know. So, like, obviously, you and I are trying to set up this meeting, and I'm like, oh god, she's a communication expert. I better make sure my spellings are like. I was so nervous, and I think my I think as a result, my writing was 20 percent worse because I was so worried about the way what you know you, what you were thinking of me. Like, oh god, there he is. There, oh, didn't, even cross my, <laughs> didn't even cross my mind. <laughs> and by the way. <laughs> By the way, people will forgive you for a couple of spelling mistakes. Oh, good. But if your whole email is riddled with spelling mistakes, then that might be a problem, right? But a couple of spelling mistakes, it's not a big deal. I'm not a grammarian. That's not what I... A grammarian. God, there's a new word. I love that. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm not part of the grammar police. In fact, the opposite. Right. Mm-hmm. So it's about creating a story that is logical, fits really well. People just get it straight away. They understand the key points that you're making mm-hmm. and it's memorable. They walk away and they remember those key points. Yep. Okay. So I recently was sent, sent an email to so a friend from 25 years ago. 25 years ago, I reached out to Mark, I've got a sales team. You know, can you come and have a chat to them? And, and this gentleman, we were good friends like 25 years ago. Mm-hmm. So, and he asked me how much, blah, blah, blah. So I told him how much it was. And I said, mate, look, what I thought I'd said very clearly, let me come, like I'll come out and do it for nothing because you're a buddy, you know, and I'll talk to him for a couple of hours and then you and I can go and have a lunch and catch up. Mm. Um, and his reply was, mate, I can't afford that. And I was like, how did I get that wrong? Like I thought I wrote, you know, so the first impression I've completely failed. I was trying to give him, anyway, so even even in the smaller things, if our communication, our written communication is wrong, even if it's written with good intent. Yeah, so I, I have a confession that's similar to that as well. I'm a communication specialist. I know, and that means I also know my own weaknesses when it comes to communicating to people, uh, especially when it comes to writing, because I love writing. I can be quite verbose. So over many, many years, I've had to really look at what am I saying and think about the things that I'm teaching other people, okay? Is this too long? Am I rambling on? Uh, What am I actually trying to say, Okay, what is my most important point? Who is my audience? So we're going to talk about that a little bit more yeah. in detail, yeah. I think. And so 
I'm going to give you one tip that that I do I, that will help you, and that is I read everything that I write, even a really short email, I read it between three to ten times over. Oof. I don't rush. So I might send an email, okay, but I'm going to make a lie of myself this morning. No, I actually, when I sent you that email, that was pretty quick. I did read it three times over. <laughs> okay. There you go. There's a good tip straight there. So I'm, I'm interested in this framework because, so what's, let's get into the nuts and bolts, if you like. So yeah. tell us, share with us, you know, the framework that you've used that's been so successful. What are the, what are the secrets to effective writing for salespeople? Yeah. So when you're thinking of, of putting some sort of presentation to the buyer, especially at, you know, I'm talking about more at the middle end or the tail end where the person's really interested in you and you think you've got a pretty good chance that yep. you could win. Okay. So one of the things that I do when I work with a team is um, they say, they'll say to me, Oh, Edith, this is a sales deck I've put together, you know, for other proposals. Can we just move this around and customize it to this new buyer? And so usually I'll say no, unless it's the 11th hour, then we just have to somehow put something yep. together. But normally I go through a process and it's usually made up of three things. And one is applying critical thinking. So that's one thing that I've noticed that's really missing in the business world is people have stopped with the critical thinking. They're on automatic. And just because technology is moving to automation doesn't mean that our brain should be moving to automatic tasks okay okay when we're trying to persuade people you have to apply critical thinking and you can do this in 10 minutes or you can do it in half an hour and all it is it's just three things who is my audience is it a technical person non-technical person a combination of both is it a strategic person is it a c-suite is it a cio ceo finance director we'll be looking at numbers ceo is going to be looking at what's the aspiration that sort of thing and the next thing is, what is my purpose? What's my objective? Okay. So if it's actually a bid, you know, most of the sellers will say to me, oh, to win. No, that's not your purpose. The objective is right now I'm coming in third. I want to make sure that when I put my actual sales deck together, that it positions me as number one. Okay. Or I could be the incumbent. So I want to make sure that my purpose is, is that I keep this customer. All right. Yep. So your purpose is 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 kind of different depending on what the actual sales presentation is is all about or where so, you are. Yep. So critical thinking is made up of who's my audience, what's my objective, purpose, and then the final thing is what's my one big idea. And when it comes to, especially when it comes to selling uh, tech products, it's what's my one big promise of value. Not three benefits, not four benefits, but what's my one big promise of value? Your whole argument needs to actually be centered around that one promise of value. That's it. And you need to figure out what that is. Now, the thing is, sellers will say to me, I've applied critical thinking. I've answered all these three questions, but the, here's the key thing. You need to write the answers down. The thing about critical thinking and being really good at it is when you write your answers down, the words on the page challenge our critical thinking. And once you've written your answers, you'll go, oh, no, that's not very good. Let me go through that thinking process again. That's why writing is really important in developing our critical thinking so we can look back at what we're saying, what we're thinking. So I'm saying 
in a team, in a pursuit team, where a bunch of clever people are talking about their ideas and they'll say, oh, that's really good, that's really good. No one is writing any answer down. Yeah. So no one is challenging their own thought process. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know how many times you've been in media. I've been in meetings where you've had a million ideas and no, no action, or nothing tangible coming out. Of but how do you know it's a good idea if you don't write it down? Once you write it down, and you look at it. You it's, think, oh, that's, a, that's a. Am I allowed to say shitty? Yeah, of course idea? you are. Yeah, I've had yeah, a lot worse. Yeah, that's a shitty idea. Let's start again. <laughs> Let's start again. <laughs> yeah, it'd be good if people asked before they swore, but that doesn't always happen. <laughs> okay, um, I like that. That that's that's good. So critical thinking. Who's, who's my, my audience? audience? What's my purpose? What's my one big theme? Uh, okay. one, one big promise of value. Okay, it just needs to be one. That makes uh, whatever sense. Whatever that is. So what's the what's the next piece, the second piece? So the, the next piece is I need to actually create the story. And we all learnt this in high school. It's basically what do I put in my introduction, body, and conclusion? Uh, what a lot, of fail, <laughs> a lot of people fail to do is actually write introduction, body and conclusion actually write them as headings right so right. everybody knows in my introduction i set the scene i introduce my one big promise of value and i introduce what i'm going to talk about at a very high level in my body i expand on that and in the conclusion i summarize my key points it's simple but hard to do and what you need to do when you do your introduction body and conclusion is you write it as an outline just bullet points right and again, writing your introduction, body, and conclusion as bullet points, very, very simple, but you can read it. You can look at that and say, well, that's not very good. As a sales presentation, I haven't included in my body some proof points, a customer testimonial, whatever. You can see what's missing or what's there that shouldn't be there, right? So, Question without notice. So when we do that, it's one of those easier or more important, like should you write the body first and then create the introduction off the bottom, you know, or do you write the, what you want, the conclusion first, then write the body and the introduction? Like, is there a, a method? So, no. So, there are no strict rules. So, some people will do a brain dump and from that, they'll find their introduction, body, conclusion, and some people will go straight for the body. I personally don't recommend that because if you start with the body, it's harder to know what well, is that is that my main thing? Okay. Is that what I really need to talk about? My, my view, my opinion is you start with the intro because when you start with the intro, that is you saying, this is what I think I need to talk about. Okay. Which you can then turn around and say, I don't think that's what I really need to talk about. I've tested this with other people. I don't think these are the main key points that I want to talk about because in the, in the introduction then tells you what you expand on in the body. Whereas if you start with the body, it's like, because uh, the body is where you've got lots and lots of key, key supporting points. But if your main theme, which you introduce in the introduction, is incorrect, you've just wasted time. Yep, yep, yep. Okay, that's good. That's a good tip. Yeah, so you know, when I write emails, I'll, I'll write the email first, then do the subject line last. That's different. I know but- it's different. I know. I was just yeah. thinking, of, but I'm a simple guy, right? So I was looking for a, for a simple hack, but I think you've nailed it anyway by giving me, say, write yeah. the introduction first. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, and that's like head, headlines. I, a lot of the times we do them last for everything. Mm-hmm. Okay. So th- that third, second piece, like you said, it's pretty simple, but probably has got the, a bunch of work yeah. there. Yep. So yeah. the actual creation of the 
of the content, intro, body, conclusion. So what's the th- what's the third piece? Well, that is the last piece, which is you're actually putting it together right. um, as an outline. But then you test that with people, right? And so then people will either say, yeah, I think you actually need to talk, add this or you need to add that or subtract this. But then you have to actually write your narrative in full. So let's say if that's an executive summary, I have to actually write full sentences, right? But I have my outline and I'm going to follow my outline, okay, some of my my key points that I want to do. But the thing about writing a narrative in full, here's the key thing is good writing is good editing. So people think, oh, I'm a really good writer because I can write reams and reams of copy. Yep. I work with technical people, actually, who can write a lot. And I also work with some salespeople that are pretty good at writing and they can write lots and lots and lots and lots and lots of sentences. I will say to them, give me three pages on this particular topic or this solution. They'll come back with 10 pages. That's not good writing. Even if you're a Mm. professional writer, all professional writers recognize that you spend two to three times more on editing. Going back to that original tip when you're reading your email, Good writing, good messaging is excellent editing. It's all in the editing. Okay, so I'm going to go out on a limb here and and suggest that most people would spend more time writing than editing. I'm pretty confident. It's the opposite. And any professional writer, they might not talk about that, but they they know that good writing is good editing. And usually Mm. you're subtracting. So have you heard of Stephen King's saying, you know, the famous novelist, and he talks about kill your darlings. Yes. Even yeah. if it breaks your egocentric, the quote goes, even if it breaks your egocentric scribbler's heart, <laughs> kill your darling. <laughs> so we fall in love with all these words that we write. I've lost, I've lost articles that I've written and gone, oh, my God, I've lost this article. I've hit delete and I've lost these wonderful words that yeah. I've written. That's okay. Start again. But a lot of what we write, it's not very good. So delete, 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 cut, 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 get rid of fluff, get rid of stuff that is clever, is interesting, but it doesn't move the story forward. It doesn't support your main theme. It doesn't support your promise of value to the customer. Yeah, okay. So what other mistakes do you see people make time and time again when it comes to writing pictures or or sales supporting material? Well, it's it's really around that. They don't have a structure and so they want to give the reader everything. So most professionals, as, as once you've had five years of experience in any discipline, you're starting to become an expert and that's a good thing and a bad thing. So what happens, and that's the same with me because I love anything to do with communication, so I'm always learning. So what happens is we suffer from the curse of knowledge. So we want to give our audience everything which is why structure is really important because what is it you want to talk about right now? Just stick to that, right? And so people make the mistake, I, I'm going to give a lot of detail and then I'm going to pile on that detail. So there is this, there is a bit of a science and art to you must be specific and give the reader enough detail so they understand you're the expert. So you can explain my methodology and how I actually implement this solution, for example, and I'm going to show you some of the steps involved and I'm going to then show you how that might work in your environment around capability. What the reader doesn't want is all the detail behind that 
they don't want pages and pages and pages of it. Right. Okay. A lot of times people like me will come in and we'll review that and we'll say, love the detail, but we need to delete like 80% of it. Yeah. My heart was broken when I sent my first draft of my book to my editor and I, okay. you know, and I expected them to go, this is great, you know, give it to me for two weeks and, you know, we'll, we'll. and then he sent it back and he goes, yeah, you've got like a quarter of a book here. I'm like, what? Okay, you and I spent as much time again writing the catch up bits. That I should have just gone to them earlier, but mm-hmm. yeah, you're right. Like it was like yeah, I, came, I think it took me two weeks to reply to his first email because he was basically saying, "Throw seventy five percent of it in the bin, and you might have a book." Uh, and I was. It sounds so hard. <laughs> I'm not allowed. I'm not allowed to say that because people are very sensitive in the business world, and they. Whereas I'm a writer, my. Writing has been trashed so many times that it's so, it's like being an actor, right? It's so good for your ego. It builds mm. ego strength. So I know that I'm a good writer, but I also know that not everything I write is good. <laughs> oh, I like that. Yep. Right? Because what actually happens, even though I, I understand the skill and how you structure a really good argument. But all of us, they're so, we're so inundated with so much stimuli out there. And so sometimes when we start writing, we're so distracted by thoughts that are just rubbish, that are just running through our heads. And it really distracts us from creating a interesting, cohesive story. So just assume your first draft is crap. Okay. <laughs> there's, there's about 1% of writers that can write a perfect piece, like first go. The rest of us, including me, when I write my, you know, I have the um, the articles on LinkedIn that I do once a week, I go through about seven drafts. Oh, wow. Okay. Yep. Yeah, all right. I don't do that many, but that shows that I'm less concerned about the way I present. Okay. I well, have that's to it. be more concerned because that's what I teach. <laughs> well, teach yes, exactly. Life. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> It's interesting. Like I'm thinking about it now, and I don't get too personal, but you know, I clearly just make excuses for myself, right? So you know, I'm poorly educated, scraped through year ten, spent the you know the rest of the years instead of being in the uni, I went to the army. You know, there was no writing skills, no, you know, and then did some education later in life, and I've just taught myself on the job. So what I'm hearing is, I just need to do a better job. So <laughs> yeah, but hang on, Mark. I work with people who are highly educated and smarter than me right, highly educated, smarter than me, at least at least 30% of them cannot string a sentence together that makes any sort of sense, all right? So, and there's different forms of education, right? Mm. I started uni and never finished a uni degree, right? <laughs> and every job I went for in the last 15 years, they asked for a uni degree. And I don't have a uni degree, but I have experience. Right. So I don't think that's relevant. I think you can teach yourself to be good at anything, reading books. You and I, like I think you shared a list of books. That's how I learn is from reading from the greats, right? People have done it before. Okay. Well, thank you for the little pep talk. That's good. Um, all right, so Edith, let's do a quick summary. So the mm-hmm. the three three main points were I'll get you to run them off. What, what were they again? Okay, so compelling argument is a cohesive argument, and there's three things you need to do. One is you need to apply critical thinking, which is made up of three things. You got, you have to think about your audience and r- write it down. Ask yourself that question, and then write the answers. Um, and then you need to think about what is your purpose or what's your objective in putting this 
piece of writing together. Let's say an executive summary. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then the third thing is, well, what's your main theme? Um, and because this, we're talking about it being persuasive and it's a sales conversation, you know, what is my single um, point of value that I want to express to the customer? All right. So the next thing is, is when you're putting your argument together, you want to do it as an outline, which is made up of an introduction, body and conclusion. And once you're really happy that your argument, it makes sense. So we haven't really gotten into that, but every every sentence needs to link to the next sentence, needs to link to the next sentence, needs to link to the next sentence. Okay. So all your ideas need to link. And um, finally, you need to write your argument in full. But the key thing is writing is mostly editing. Once you finish writing your first draft, edit multiple times, slash, burn, kill your darlings in order to actually deliver a beautiful, wonderful, persuasive story. Wow. Okay. So that's a great summary. Perfect. Now, I would normally ask people what's the key point, but I think the key point, or, you know, what's the one thing people need to do? Clearly, the one thing people need to do here is edit. So edit. more, spend more time yes. editing. Yeah. yeah. So let's say you don't want to do an outline because people refuse to do that. Oh, Edith, I just do a brain dump. Fine. Then you have to spend five times longer editing. Ooh. Okay. There you go. So, um, Edith, thanks for coming on and, and sharing your expertise in relation to persuasive writing. Is that a good way to describe it? Persuasive writing? I okay? would. It's persuasive writing. Yeah. yeah. They used to call it salesmanship in print, but that's a bit, you know. 1920s. Users, yeah. <laughs> no. So how can people get in contact with you? If they like what they hear and, that you know, they, they want to get a little bit more uh, yeah, information? Yeah, the best way is to connect with me on LinkedIn or follow me on LinkedIn. I'm happy for people to send a connection request as well. And, I, you know, I post a lot of things that I'm learning that I think is interesting around helping people communicate differently because that's the problem in the tech world. Everyone communicates the, the same and says the same thing. So if you want to win more, win bigger deals, win more often, you need to learn how to communicate differently. Edith, well done. Thank you very much for coming on the Best of Sales Skills podcast. I really appreciate it. Thank you very much. Thank you so much for having me, Mark. It was fun. Thanks. <laughs>